0: Carabas and Bright Suns, on this episode of the Sacred Jedi texts, we discover how and why the Sith number only two, as we follow Dez, later known as Bane, through his path of destruction of the Jedi and the Sith. But first... After these messages, we'll be right back.
1: Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the US. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers.
2: Play for free at Luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary, void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
4: Shh. It's time for the podcast.
3: Welcome back, my fellow Gloomwalkers. I am Todd Sud Sedlak, and with me are my fellow Spark Jedi Council members Brian V. Klein. Hello. Haley Hobbs.
4: Hello, Council members.
3: And James Hewings. Hello there.
4: General <laughs>
0: Kurobi. Amazing.
1: That is Pavlovian. As soon as anyone ever hears you say yeah, hello I'm there, you have to do that internalize or externalize. It mm-hmm. always has to happen. So. But yes, welcome to the Sacred Jedi Text, which is an offshoot of our Source Pages podcast where we talk about Star Wars, novels and comics and basically Star Wars. So welcome and thanks for joining us today. So how's everyone doing?
4: I'm cold, but I'm fine. I'm, we got a I'm heat most...
1: wave here. It's 19 degrees, so yeah. it's, that's Fahrenheit, team, so not Celsius, which makes yeah. it be like, you know, that's really nice. That's short weather. Oh, really cold. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Really cold.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's warm. It's actually warmed up here today. It's 11 degrees Celsius, uh, which is, I, I actually just had a T-shirt on when I went out earlier, which was very strange.
4: There's no oh, need nice. to rub it in. Yeah,
0: right. now I'm
4: sorry. I brought it up.
1: Hey, I'm British. We talk about
0: the weather. Squeeze it in wherever we can.
4: (laughs) We're Midwestern. We do the same thing.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, because we've had a uh, little bit of a cold spell. We had four straight days, I think, where it barely scratched or even even got above zero degrees. I mean, it was a winter. It was ridiculous. Just like, you know, a lot of times here in the the wintertime, it's like the summer. You want to stay outside of the or inside of the elements as much as you can. Those days when it's like 98 and humid. Same to me if it's like, you know, negative 10 and wind chill of, you know, 45 miles an hour. But I also have the added bonus of here of having a lot of open fields because the farms around here, like, are, you know, plowed down and there's nothing there. So now we get wind gusts and drifts where roads just disappear. You know, they're just the the, the farm roads are just completely gone. And last Sunday I was, you know, doing my route for. Amazon, you know, our overlords sit there because we have two days off. We have to deliver the packages. It's also that, and it's also negative 15 degrees. There are roads that are just, I'm going like, uh, there's Freeport Road is supposed to keep going here. And I look, I'm like, it's gone, marked down on a thing. I can't deliver inaccessible because it's just, I could see the top like foot of a guy's rear windshield because the car that was on the road is just gone because of the, crosswind so any north or south street once you got outside of the city area because it was coming from the west it was gone I mean roads were just disappearing and it was it was fun so yeah
3: when it was really cold last week uh, I was uh, I was thinking about you you know just thinking geez how uh, how's he <laughs> you know how's he faring out there because I I felt bad for my Amazon guys and my my mail carrier so
1: well, it's not as bad as with me being a carrier that drives and there's a rural route, the guys that have to do the city routes where they're walking 90% of the time, I mm-hmm. felt bad for them. Cause with me, it was just like, okay, I could go from my vehicle drive as close as I can to where I've got to go. I've got my headgear on, I've got glasses, I've got hat, I've got everything going. And it's still like this little bit of skin that was like out from underneath my goggles and above like my, uh, my balaclava, like right on my cheeks would get like exposed. I'm like, Oh my God, it's freezing. Like I could tell. And I don't get cold very often. This was just like bone chilling cold. So
0: they're just you know, tauntauns as far as the eye could see. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ready to be sacrificed. <laughs> yeah, I had a, uh, <laughs> one of the jokes I had heard recently was from a kid. It's like, what is the internal temperature of a tauntaun? You know this one, don't you, Todd?
3: Lukewarm,
1: exactly. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Was yep. I laughed at that. And that hurt. <laughs> that's uh,
3: that's a Star Wars dad joke for sure.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. So, um, oh yeah. And by the way, I forgot to tell all the listeners out there. Welcome to this is our first video podcast too. So this will all be video for people to see later, and. I'm Just kidding, I just wanted to see the people's faces out here. It's like, like, wait, I how didn't get ready to go. Here? Glad I did my hair. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt because I know from talking to Jimmy Mack on um Rebel Force Radio, the shows we do video podcasts are a pain in the butt. And I mean, Haley, you got to do that with uh the multiverse news and stuff. I know on your end it's one thing, but just the, the like the it's editing a lot of work, yeah, a lot of the especially with the editing between the two, mm-hmm. you have to do them separate or pull the audio from one to put it on the other it's just not you know it's not worth it for me we're a you know a decent enough podcast but it's just like if you want to see what we look like keep it in your imagination i guess i know but most of us <laughs> you look online see what we look like anyway so no one really wants to see us talking i guess
3: yeah <laughs> i always they, yeah, like I, don't know. I always like to say i've got the face for radio
0: so
1: <laughs> so um anyways I i'm disagree. trying to agree
0: i'm gonna be the one to say it. i disagree <laughs>
1: <laughs> well a good looking bunch for you know a bunch older of people nerds here. yeah hey i wear that with the pride man i had a guy uh james who works with me at the post office was like 21 and uh he's just like you're a geek aren't you i'm like hell yeah and he goes how did you nab you know your wife and stuff like that. And I go, she's as big of a geek as I am. So it's just like, if you go out there and it's kind of funny where it was just like, I think we've talked about this on other shows where I've been like this my whole life. Star Wars Marvel, start everything and I even remember back in the day when I was playing hockey and stuff like that where people were like I would be reading comics and one of my the guys on the team kept joking and calling me Wolverine. I'm like, that guy's the biggest badass on the planet. why would I mean that's a badge of honor for me man
3: yeah, it's like it, um thank you
1: <laughs> yeah and which helps now later in life knowing having all this background it's just like, You know, so in some ways it's sort of like a blessing and a curse because it's like, oh man, like there's people at my work who had never seen Star Wars. My one partner, Mm -hmm. Michelle, had never seen any Star Wars. I'm like, you know what? I actually envy you because you get to see it for the first time when you do. Yeah. I can't go and like untake that out, like remove that from my brain, any of the, you know, 500 times I've seen the movies, but it's, you know. I wouldn't get rid of all the information because sometimes I just have so much like, especially right now the notes for this, I'm like, my God, I didn't even really need to look up the synopsis from this. I've listened to and read this book so many times now. It's sort of just like great. So
3: yeah, I'm, I'm the same way I've, I've seen this uh, or not seen it re- read this book so many times that I didn't even need to make notes.
1: I just did because I had to sit there and try to remember because um, for any of you Harry Potter fans out there, I keep always envisioning Valentine Farfalla as Gilderoy Lockhart. Oh my Dennis. God, Yes. They're the same person <laughs> almost. So, once we get to that part of the discussion, you guys understand what we're talking about. But it's pretty much like the whole. I don't know. I, we've seen pictures of Valentine. That's a cool thing about these novels, too, is because the Jedi versus Sith comics from Dark Horse and others, a lot of these characters are, have already been visualized in the comic form. So, we've seen it. And Valentine Farfalla is very much a big white robes with the gold trim. And they, Duke Ducarpitian, again, is very good at describing things and explaining without getting like to George R. R. Martin about it, where you've got to spend four pages describing a pan across a room. Um, but yeah, just imagine him even like if he had like a horse, it'd be like a big white horse with, you know, like gold wings on it and stuff like that. So
3: yeah, that's definitely, definitely kind of the vibe I got about him. You know, he's uh, you know, big golden flowing hair and just kind of, coming down from the sky on a on a winged
1: uh like a, you know
3: horse must, yeah yeah, like, yeah exactly what's he was the, the word he- all the high republic is cool <laughs> yeah. yeah there you go
1: he's kind of uh like a dandy man i guess like <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I was, that,
3: that, that, that was the word that came to mind but i you know i i don't know if that's like a
1: derogatory term or it seems to me like it's like a a British thing, like a British dandy or something. I mean, I remember, the only thing I really know about it was the um, the band that was popular back in the 90s, the Dandy Warhols. But I didn't know if that was sort of like a, uh, yeah, like you said, like a derogatory term or what. But anyways, that's Probably. not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about the Path of Destruction. Uh, first book in the Darth Bane trilogy. This one was actually, I didn't realize that it. it was originally released. September of 2006. So this book is over 17 years old. So yikes. That That is so old. It makes me feel more like I thought it was a lot like it didn't seem like it was that, you know, was that old. But um, what I want to do beforehand, too, is because this is one of those characters where unlike Revan, who we talked about last time, there is actually now a quite a bit of canon in Darth Bane's, you know, character as far as not like necessarily like this book isn't canon, but like what we've internalized in my head to anything that comes out with the essential legends, which this book. Um, I didn't really, they said that this book was reprinted, reprinted in essential legends back in September of 2021. Have they been around that long already? Yeah. Essential legends. Yeah. yeah. But I always considered like the essential legends to be sort of like, well, this is an area that is not as far enough away from anything that's canon. We'll make it canon. Like, I even like the Darth Plagueis novel, which we'll talk about in the coming, uh, weeks here or months, uh, this, if you look it up, I know. I think I remember, wasn't the first time that he was actually mentioned and canonized was in the, the Clone Wars episode, wasn't it? The, Season six. Yes, The Sacrifice. He was a vision to Yoda. Yep. Voiced by, and remember this, who voiced him? Darth Tom Keane. No, uh, no, oh. not, not Yoda. Mark Hamill voiced Darth Bane in. Oh, Clone oh, Wars.
3: oh, oh, oh. I thought you were talking about Yoda. Yeah, no, oh.
1: it
0: was Mark Hamill.
1: Yeah, and then now it's the Galaxy of Heroes is one thing, and then no, don't,
0: uh, don't get me started on
1: that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Most of the, if you look, if you look in his canon section on Wikipedia, it pretty much has him in Clone Wars Sacrifices as first appearance, and then the rest of it is all the uh, Galaxy of Heroes, and then the Ghost of Mortis, which was a deleted scene that. Uh, I remember Lucas nixed it because he pretty much was saying, like, he didn't think that old Sith ghosts would be around because they, you know, didn't have the same, like, life as a Jedi would, where they were always craving to to stay immortal. And that it wasn't, I mean, it was sort of just like a, uh, I'm trying to think of the word, like a gift that they gave that, because in, in canon, it didn't really even happen until... You know, mm-hmm. the, the modern era, I mean, Qui-Gon learned how to do it. And then from there, we've only had a few that we know of, but then in, you know, Rise of Skywalker, all of a sudden, a lot of the ones that had died in that time came back as voices to Ray. So the, the whole premise of them living in a life outside of, say, like a holocron was sort of, according to Lucas, like, well, I don't know if they would give themselves to that because they were always fighting so hard to stay alive that they didn't, you know think too much about dying because they thought they were going to live forever. So.
3: Right. Um, with respect to mentions in Canon, you didn't get his mention by name, but the rule of two itself was mentioned Mm -hmm. in, uh, at the end of the Phantom Menace, which is one of the points that I always wanted to, uh, you know, it kind of, is a head scratcher. If the Sith had been extinct for over a thousand years since you know the events of this book, how did the Jedi find out about the rule of two that Bane created?
1: It it's it's one of those things in my mind where it's sort of just like over that time, it was probably through like the prophecy because they've been extinct in a sense, but they knew that... I knew that in the prequel era, the Jedi Order was very pompous. They were very full of themselves. They were very blinded, I guess, but they Mm -hmm. still weren't that bad to think that, yeah, they're gone, but they're never coming back. So I would think over time, there had to have been some... In that thousand years, you got to think between... Bane taking XANA as the first apprentice from there all the way up until Palpatine or at that time, even like Plagueis or whoever, there had to be some knowledge out there or rumors or something. It'd be like, you know what? We knew that these guys in that big move that Bane had made them quote unquote extinct as a big group. Mm -hmm. There would always be something there as... You know, even, even now I'd have no problem with like with the, with them going forward in the future that the Sith will come back, you know, as oh, it,
3: oh, oh yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's just, uh, yeah. Oh, it is, what you're saying is that how did they know about this? There had to be something that was found and rumored or like I said, the, the, the holocrons are out there. Something might've been found and it was just sort of just like only, Yoda knew about it or the high, high, high Jedi council of like Yoda or Windu were.
4: You could have canon think- that like in the high Republic, we learn about the Jedi that go off and explore. What are they called?
0: Pathfinders. 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 Like yeah. maybe
4: they came across like Brian said, a holocron or something with some information or something yeah, like that.
0: Absolutely. I was just going to add sort of very much what Brian said is, is I can kind of hand wave it away because it's Yoda who delivers the line. And he's been around for nearly that long, and so yeah. he's probably heard you know what, rumblings and, and, and sort of delved into the force like no one can dive into the the light side of the force like Yoda can. Um, no, so it's kind of I kind of head cannon it and hand wave it away that way.
1: And a lot of things too is Star Wars is always known for this. I mean, if you really think about the, when you first put in a New Hope, Star Wars. You're thrown into something where it was just like, boom, they won their first battle. There's a war going on. There's a lot of stuff that you just take from what they say or what you read as part of the story. You don't need to necessarily see it, you know, because it's just like, I mean, hell, we're get thrown right into at the time. It wasn't the fact, but now episode four, you know, there's already this ongoing thing. The people that get hung up, I think, a little bit of minutiae and details and let them have that distract them or lessen their fandom. It's sort of just like people aren't perfect. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, it
3: didn't, it, it didn't lessen my fandom.
4: Obviously, oh,
1: no, 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 no. I'm just saying it was general. Just,
3: you know, it's something that occurred to me as, as you know, I was revisiting this book.
4: I think it's yeah. a fair question. And a lot of people don't read all these books and stuff. And so it's a good Way to bring up all these other things that happen for people who just watch movies or TV shows to know that because right. that is a lot of the complaints people have. Well, I didn't know about this, and how they do this. It's like, well, there's all this other stuff you should get into <laughs> to answer those questions.
1: Yeah, so I mean, now especially maybe, like you know. I've heard uh, the most consensus, not complaint, but negative aspect to like Ahsoka was, what's going on here. Where did we get thrown it? Well, yes, you do have to watch rebels rebels was, this is a continuation of that. So there was a lot of stuff that was built up on there, but as itself, they sort of explained it into a little bit of times. It gets a little, when they do the exposition in the show to explain the stuff, beforehand like someone is just like oh yeah by the way like they explain everything that happened beforehand to someone that knows what happened beforehand but it wasn't for them in the show it was for the viewers that didn't know you know what i'm saying is so sometimes it's sort of just like well that's a star wars though because at that point now i mean i remember when after you know revenge of the sith came down we got we had six movies that was it then we got oh an animated show get another animated show and then all of a sudden, now we got five more movies and eight more TV shows, and we got all these books that are canonized, and all the blah, blah blah. It's just like there's so much out there now that is actually part of it. It makes me wonder too for the people that are reading and keeping up with like the actual Star Wars title. A lot of it is just like you can't have a million things going on in the universe between Empire and Jedi because it's a year, and you would think at that time they were trying to figure out. You know the rebellion part of it it's this it's it, it to me it's sort of just like it is what it is and you really can't expect everything even now it's just like well why was there such a big gap between the the original trilogy and the sequels well would you want to live in a place where every five years a new new thing came and like destroyed one day oh here's another death star boom I'm I'm staying the hell away from this area, man. It's just like just it's. already Airways
0: will be doing great business.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, um, okay, um, probably should talk about this novel because it's again, I love the fact that we're starting off with all this stuff, and we mentioned it before. Drew Carpition is such a good writer. Why he has not been, you know, brought back into the fold? Maybe he just I don't I don't even know what the last time this guy wrote something. But uh, I know that he has written at least five novels. There was another one of the Old Republic uh, novels that he wrote, uh, too. I mean, he's kept all of his writing in that time period, but I've always enjoyed him as it just he. I don't know. I mean, how would you guys explain? I mean, he has a very, in my eyes, a very distinct writing style that is very he could be evocative without being like drawn out.
4: It's cinematic because he describes things in such detail that I could easily see this being a really cool movie just by the way he writes and by the way that he takes care of these time jumps we have in both of the books that we've read by him so far. You don't feel like you're missing anything. You don't feel like you were whiplashed when he took you from this time to this time. Like He just really handles the structure of the star wars world really well and i i've just really loved reading his books so far
3: i uh i looked up on uh, uh wikipedia uh according to that the last video game that he uh wrote for was anthem in 2019 and the last uh star wars novel that he did was it this was the old republic annihilation in 2012
1: oh annihilation okay yeah cuz i know that that was right around the time you know 2013 2012 was when the disney takeover happened and so a lot of the old stuff were you know put on the wayside but now they're like they're bringing it i mean the old republic video game itself never went away i mean we could almost talk about like that's watching the cutscenes that they make into like I think like the first one it's like four it's so hours good. long. When you're talking about the whole, you know, you know, the, I don't know if that was before Malgus or whatever, but it's like there's so much information there. Yes, it is part of the MMO and it's considered quote unquote legends, but it's just the, the depth of you know stuff that's out there is it's it's incredible.
0: Isn't it the or the the one that really stuck with me? Talking about the the MMO was um, the attack on the Jedi Temple, yeah, which very much led by Malgus. Um, and I'm fairly sure the first the Old Republic tie-in novel leads up to that. Moment. That's the
1: one with um, oh, what's the what's the t- the first novel? Is I remember there's a scene where they're fighting the Sith and they're like on this lava field or something, and there's the one that's trying to. Because Malgus is there. And by the way, if you guys did the, the whole attack on the Jedi Temple, there is like a two minute trailer on YouTube for it, and it's freaking incredible. It's I mean, amazing. Yeah. And this is just it's all gameplay like cutscenes and stuff like that. So, um, anyways, there we could we could tangent and divert itself off of so much stuff. I don't want to have this be like a six hour podcast today. So <laughs> <laughs> um p- pretty much we get this guy, Dez or Dessel, if you want to call it who's a I lo- I love the fact that the first member of the order of two is
0: called des <laughs> his name's des it's, mo- it's the least scary name in the world and any no. any brits listening like des o'connor des linem like they're, they're just icons <laughs> of british tv and they're not scary in the slightest
3: <laughs> that's funny
1: uh, Only only his name was like benny or something (laughs) yeah um, yeah mikey the one that the one that created the current rule of the the sith is named dez um but he was pretty much i mean in my eyes he's like a a product of his environment too i mean he had an abusive Mm. dad who was a minor um a minor in that he mined cortosis not that he was a young person (laughs) but uh And cortosis in itself, it's cortosis. That was an old timey thing because there was now we have um,
0: Beskar, really, isn't it? We
1: got, we got, yeah, we got Beskar. And but before they used to have what did the in the old legends or old EU? It wasn't Beskar. It was they were called. They called it something else that all the Mandalorians wore, and it would. I mean, was it the cortosis? There was another cortosis weave. The Kartrosa suite, that's right. Okay, so Kartrosa's was pretty much best car. It's the exact same thing. And they were on Atrop, or Apatros. Apatros? Yeah, the Mines of Apatros. And that was pretty much just where he was bought. He was pretty much destined to live in a, um, uh, there's this old song. I think it's by Tennessee Ernie Ford called 16 Tons, where it goes pretty much. Sixteen, to, you, you you mine sixteen tons. So what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt because every day you live, you just keep getting you owe more to the company store than what you are actually making. And that's, it seemed like what his path was, he couldn't get ahead. He had to pay off his dad's debts after his dad died, yeah. which, and so he was pretty much just in this, this. You know, we although the one good thing I guess from he got from his dad was his name, not Des, but. Bane.
0: bane. He often called him his bane, which um, yeah,
1: is the bane of father. his existence.
0: Any loving father should refer to their offspring yeah. as yeah. It's uh, sarcasm.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, that just shows you how great daddy was, and in a sense too, is that a lot of the Darth names that we know from the very few that we have have a reflection on the person Darth Vader being the father. You know, Sidious, he was Sidious. Um, Maul, he was an animal. I mean, that's all I mean, that's where we get a lot of these names from, and uh, yeah, so he's just living his life on the planet, doing his thing. Uh, people keep challenging because he's he's a big, strong dude who has he doesn't, I mean, the way that they describe him, he doesn't come across as being anything special other than that he's good at what he does. He gets sore and hurt and everything, mining and all this crap like everybody else, but he's good at sabak, so he's able to read it and then you know
3: it was really interesting how they or how drew just kind of bit by bit brought out uh bane's or des's force abilities Mm -hmm. you know i mean as first it was the fight with uh
1: what was the other miner's name
3: gerd yeah you know the fight with gerd and then the but he like ripped
1: off his thumb or something like that, right? Or he did like, it, off. <laughs> he videos, it off, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: and then the sabak game, and then you know uh, so on and so forth. And that was it was one of the things I really. Every time I I read this book, it it really kind of entertains me.
1: And he sort of even like when he goes back. It's one of those things where he plant a seed. Is the way that I mean, his dad just died. But then you find out later that it was most likely from the fact that Bane, you know, force killed him in a sense, you know, not so much as it's like, I want, I wish he was dead, but there is that power. That's why I always thought sometimes when it's like, I know that there's defenses that are sort of like for Jedi and for force users that are like breathing and your heartbeat that you don't even really like think about them. They just happen because you've been trained to do it. Why don't all Jedi or Siths just come up to people and like just crush their heart? They're dead. I mean, that's, that's just the way it ends. I mean, I know that it's a simple way out, but they've even said sometimes where it's just like um, when, and even listening to some of the stuff in like the High Republic is that sometimes when the fights are going on, you've got that natural defense that's stopping the other person from doing that, and it's like breathing or whatever. It's just that you, you can't force manipulate someone's body in that same way as you can.
0: And they mention that in this book later on, then the first thing they're taught of the Sith Brotherhood Temple is to throw up a force protection for themselves, yeah. so they okay, can't. Okay, maybe that's where I was thinking room. that. Yeah, so they can't be um, pushed across the room. But if they're caught off guard, then they they'll get thrown across the room because it's not up. But so it's. I, I think they cover it off by that, which is yeah. um, a very intelligent thing to add into the book.
1: Because it always seemed like the way that they were getting at each other is like you know. Going after someone in the middle of the night when they're sleeping and try to kill them, like, hey, it's it's subterfuge, it's it's you know devious. That's what the Sith are, you know. The fact that they have so many these little rules about like the the combat battling when they're practicing that you don't kill them, it's like it's sort of like it's 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 a dichotomy of sort of this like uh, I wouldn't say it's like a it's an oxymoron, sort of just like them being they're Sith, but it's, they're not animals, I guess. They don't want to keep killing their off their own people. Cause otherwise it'd just be like numbers. They wouldn't have any to be around, which, you know, later on find out that that's what they wanted. You know, that's the way it should be anyway with the rule of two. So,
3: um, yeah, I think a lot of those rules were based on, based in, uh, the brotherhood of darkness and the, the, you know, large numbers that they had and, Needing all of that for the war with the Jedi and the Republic.
1: Yeah, cause they even you know, bait- so they
3: didn't want to waste resources by killing them off in the training ring, so on and so forth. But in essence, it, it, it weakened the Sith as a whole.
1: And I think even when that one scene, I mean, we could get to when Bane comes back and they're on Rusan and they're about to get in that war council room. And he's like, stop thinking like an army general. Start thinking like a Sith. You know, this is how we want to do it. Which, by the way, I didn't even realize this until I was taking my notes that the guy that founded the Brotherhood of Darkness, Lord Khan, his first name is Sheer, So his name is Sheer Khan. Isn't that the name <laughs> from the, the jungle book? The, yeah. The, a tiger. Yeah. The tiger's name is Shere Khan too. I'm like, oh, okay. So it's sort of just like, it's spelled differently, but I'm like, I can see why they don't keep calling him Shere Khan in the book. Cause it'd just be like waiting for them to break into like bare necessities or something like that. So
0: I did like how they, um, how Des would sort of sink into the, um, into the force, like completely unknowingly, like with this Sabat game, it really highlights that he just picks it up and he just runs with it. Cause he knows he's come to trust that intuition now. And the end of the Sabat game as well is so cool where he just doesn't even look. And he just flips it and he goes, yep, come on, let's see it. Um, yep. and then it goes to obviously the, the split part and then they get, get the winner, which then needs to obviously him, <laughs> him having a, a good old time outside with the, with the rest of the Republic soldiers. <laughs>
1: we can talk about that in a second, but I always thought it was cool because in a lot of the old EU novels, they would explain in, you know, great detail, the Sabak games and with the randomizer and stuff, which made me think this game is not possible. Like when you say, Oh, you could buy a Sabak deck at Toys R Us or whatever, but it's like, no, you, there's no way you could have that randomizer thing. It doesn't change the physical value of your cards unless you go and you would know, get dealt new cards or something like that. So this game is very much a, it's a cool game to play, um, I've gotten an actual like galaxy's edge ones with the aura mesh, And then also one that is just, it's just says card roll, card playing game. It came out like when solo came out and which has regular numbers the, the the point of the game is really cool. You just don't have that whole randomizer function at all. And it's like, I'm winning and then boom, like, Oh no, my heart cards aren't worth anything. So, but yeah, so that's basically is the key point of the game. You're saying is that these, uh, Republic Naval officers, try to pick a fight with Bane because of the whole cheating. The guy's drunk, this and that, and they ambush him and he kills one of them. You know, it's, it,
0: it is self-defense, but yeah. they ain't, they ain't going to see it that way. Cause they're the Republic and they, and mm-hmm. these are the slave miners that they get their cortosis from. It's uh, it's, it's not fair, but um, just think if they, if they treated their, Suppliers nicely then we wouldn't have the rule of two <laughs>
1: no and it reminds me a lot of just like this whole thing was like with uh like Jeda in rogue one the empire comes there to just strip the uh the all of them um, the kyber kyber jesus christ I can i think of that from the planet same way that they're they're just You know, because the the cortosis is, it does a lot of stuff to your body. It's very toxic. It causes everyone's hair to fall out and stuff like that. But it makes Bane into this just, you know, sinewy monster, tall muscle. Just the way that they even describe him, he's like an imposing figure. He's a tall guy, he's just big. And so.
0: Is it interesting you described him as sinewy? I always thought of him as like just like a big Hulking.
1: Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, almost like, not sinewy, but like, like, rich, like yeah. muscly, but just like not. There's guys that are big with muscle. With him, it's like he's big, but there's like the veins and the definition just from doing it. I, I sinewy is definitely the wrong word.
0: Um, I always pictured him as as Bane from Batman, that kind of build, just, okay. just massive,
1: just yeah, bulky. And there is enough yeah. ways that they've had him visually the in in, in described and drawn in comics and stuff like that and you see him obviously in the, the cover of the book too so uh he gets smuggled off the planet by the bartender and he goes to whatever and he ends up basically he says you could either go to jail or you could join the sith army so to me it's sort of just like man, that's a lesser two evils i guess because you at least when you're in the army you can you know you're not in jail it feels <laughs> like point. they
4: ripped this off to make solo <laughs> <laughs> having han join the empire. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I, was, I always kind of thought it was um very much a situation of join the Sith army. Well, you're not joining the Sith. You're just you're just a, a grunt. You just you're yeah. just a soldier. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter who you were fighting. It didn't matter what cause you were fighting for. You were just you were given orders and you did it. Could have yeah. been on the light or the dark side of it or when it's the the spiritual war that's referenced as, is kind of fought on the the Jedi Sith
1: level. <laughs> I think that the Republic was sort of out of the equation for two reasons. One, he killed the Republic officer and B he's even said stuff to them to the sense that he doesn't believe like they're what they're doing. He doesn't agree with, he doesn't agree with the Sith either. It's just that that's the option that he has. So, but as Todd mentioned earlier, he pretty much becomes in, he goes into this group, the gloom walkers, which is to me, it's just sort of like a, a cool name for a, a part of a battalion that, is a little more maybe specialized, or is good at what they do.
4: But yeah, they're kind of like the army rangers. <laughs> they yeah, go in and I, get shit done.
0: I kind of sort of envisaged them as a, a bit, bit like how the Bad Batch were used when they were first introduced—the specialist team you in. Yeah,
1: like they're not just like the the throwaways. You guys go and do this and then we'll send the other people because you're expendable. They're like, you guys go do this because we know that you're going to get some stuff done that other people might not. Well, we come to the battle of Fisera and there's a whole strategy part that the Sith want them to do. And his, uh, what's his commanding officer, Ulabor is just like, we got to listen to them. We got to do this during the day. And it's like, it, they're walking into an ambush and Bane's like, no, But Ulbor is too much of a pansy to question the Sith. And so he's like, we're doing it anyway. So what does Bane do? Mutiny. Mutiny.
4: Does work.
0: Bane's going to Bane.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And he ends up being right. And so this starts off with, they, you know, they they pull him in. They're going to think he thinks he's getting charged with high trees and this and that. They make it seem like it. He's on a prison transport, this and that. But they bring him in front of. Uh, Lord Kopesh, who's a Sith Lord. And he's like, you know what? I think you're good for... He he, he sort of explains, he asks him questions about why he did what he did. And his explanation was, was just like, okay, well, this guy, he can be a Sith. He's got force powers. He's got force sensitivity, this or that. But they also, you know, when he goes to the Academy in Korriban, they seem to have the same thing as like, Anakin and the phantom menace oh he's too old he can't start training now <laughs> with the me it's like why would the Sith I mean it's the, the thing for the Jedi was is that you already have all these ideals with attachment that they don't like and all this other stuff ingrained in you with the the Sith they do have their own code and their own you know what you would like the credo and stuff like that but it's always just like you, you know your passion finds you and it makes you you know stronger and stuff like that. So any of the stuff that he brought in before, I think would make him even a more ideal candidate because he has all of this extra stuff and he wasn't a, you know, a lot of times the Jedi, it almost reminds me of I don't know much about Rumspringa but like those people when, you know, the uh, Amish or, I mean, I don't know if the the Mennonites or everyone does it, but when to like, go out and see what everything else is and if you don't like it, you come back like the jedi don't go like okay before you become a, a a master go out for like a year and have like your walkabouts and stuff and see what you want to do now they're just the whole time they're just like you know this is how we raised you and we're done with it
0: you say that though but the way seekers or the pathfinders um in in the high republic that's very much of we're not sure we were quite ready for this and so they go off and kind of seek the light in other ways so it's i love the fact they've kind of introduced that kind of walkabout element to it they can still go off and do their their jedi things but um but, but they're
1: my, not and it's not a thing anymore though these of us realize like man we're losing too many people this way that well we wouldn't like, want
4: anybody to have any personal freedom now come on
0: oh, Exactly. well i, th- I think <laughs> i think yeah the beginning of beginning of phase three very much puts pay to the jedi kind of following their own path which obviously quietens down the lightsaber hilts—that's one of the big things that was noticed. They start mass producing lightsaber hilts, and um, all the different sort of ways people interact with the Force, with Abel Chris's song, and and mm-hmm. um, various other people's how they perceive the Force, and it just becomes—you have to look at it this way because we are f- fighting now. We're we're in a we're in a war that you might not even recognize, and they never—they obviously don't come out of that before *Revenge of the Sith*. So it's a, yeah, it's a, it is weird how it's kind of goes, goes through, goes through the, goes through the mill a bit, isn't it? The, the Jedi.
1: (laughs) Using peacekeepers as soldiers. Sort of just as like, we are
0: peace, we are keepers of the peace, not soldiers.
1: Which is why it's always funny. One of my, my favorite shows of all time, Farscape, the bad guys are called peacekeepers. That's the name of like their group. It's just like, well, they're the army, but it's not peace. I mean, as peacekeepers can be like very, heavy-handed term too like we're keeping the peace whether you like it or not mm. so all uh, peace yeah
2: <laughs> our peace the way we want it
1: <laughs> we go in pretty much and he goes to the sith academy and is kicking ass you know he's exceeding everyone's expectations he decides to adapt the name of bane you know, just because of He uh, it, was, it wasn't it was Kopech, was it Kopech or It was um, Cordis The he sort of just like, you sort of go And you take a different name, and he wasn't ready To tell anyone his new name Until, you know, like there was a reason For it, and then when he comes It was like, Bane, like mean, we all knew it was going to be Bane Because obviously, we're reading the book But in there, to them, they're just like Okay, whatever Just go to class So <laughs> Um, he is basically going and doing all of the, I mean, he's the the thing that they really only show us in the book or explain is like the, the lightsaber training. Cause that's all it is because they even sort of, he, he, he ends up becoming more of a student of the forest too, because he goes to the Sith temple archives and is reading up on a bunch of stuff, but they pretty much said is like, Whereas the Jedi have it in a certain way, aren't all the old Sith stuff in scrolls. And it's all like, it almost reminds me of, um, I'm trying to think of, there was a scene in the movie where they're trying to like find all the stuff. And it's just basically like a wall of just all these old scrolls. And you have to go through one by one and read all the things to try to get any information instead of now being like keyboard warriors and going, Oh, we got it right there. Yeah. Uh, My my
0: understanding of it was that they would, they kind of had that not to benefit from what, it contained, but to stop the Jedi destroying it, so it was never a case of they—they didn't—they hated looking to the past. Lord Khan hated looking at the past of the Sith and utilizing that for the present. He was like, "No, this is, this is what we're doing. This is my vision. This is how we're going to do it, and we're going to do it my way." Um, and so it, Bane very much circumnavigated that. It was like, "We we have all this info and and like rituals and." knowledge just sat here. Why on earth aren't we using it? Earth, uh, why on korriban aren't we using it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, it's um it's I, I love the fact that yeah, he he absolutely becomes a student of the force just from a dark slot.
1: And what you mentioned too about Khan was is that even when they were gathering for that little like war summit and they're like they were waiting for him. And they're like, well I thought we were all equals here. Why why aren't you the one in charge then? And they're like, well I'm not in charge. But I am in charge, you know, so it's like, (laughs) how do you say you're in charge without being in charge type thing? So they basically are going about their business and Bane kills a a student while he's uh, they're doing this lightsaber battle. And he could have stopped, but he's just like, that's not the Sith way. What was the guy's name? Foharg. Foharg.
3: Yeah, something like that.
1: Foharg. He was just like this reptilian type guy. And he sort of gets chastised by the the brotherhood, the people that are running it, but his prestige and everything about like the other students are like, oh my God, this guy is, he's, you know, he's something to be reckoned with because there is a guy, Serac, is like the sort of like the, the top student. He's the guy that like when they're ever, they're challenging people in the lightsaber duels, which by the way, when they're doing it, they're doing it with like, the practice weapons and stuff like that then they know they don't want to kill each other but no one ever bothered he's not even like around the group because he's like no one's dumb enough to challenge me so when he finally does he's like in the back of the group like walks everyone clears a path for him to walk all the way to the front of it and he's a Zabrak as well isn't he yes yeah nerodonian Zabrak. which for the people that you probably know that it's that's darth maul so um Pointy-head. or his that's darth Maul's species yeah so but for some reason after all this happens, he starts to like doubt himself and he's losing his, uh, force connection. And it's just like, he, he's not being himself. I mean, do they really even explain what the reason is for this? He, in,
3: it was, uh, him killing that guy. I'm not pronouncing it full hard. Uh, it was him killing Foharg in the ring that made him realize that that was not the first time because he actually killed him with the force, not, right. you know, dueling. It was not the first time that he killed with the force. Uh, he thought back on when uh, his his father died and he just remembered saying... I wish you would die. I wish you would die. I wish you would die. And then the next morning he woke up and his dad was dead. So um, he, like a- his mind kind of retreated from the horror of what he can do with his two po- true potential. And that mental block really messed with his connection to the force and his, his ability to call on the dark side.
4: That and plus Serac like almost kills him when he challenges him, and everybody's kind of like, "Oh, you weren't as good as we thought you were." So he's these things compound, and he just sort of, yeah, regresses.
1: Yeah, that was the nice thing. He tried to, like, sort of push through, basically, didn't he? Yeah, <laughs> he basically was just like he wanted to make sure that it was. So then he did challenge Serac. Serac almost kills him, and then that's when everybody, Cordis, who's the 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 lightsaber trainer, everybody, uh, no, Cordis is the headmaster. Kasim is the, the, the light, everyone, he gets shunned and they're like, we can't teach him anymore. He's just like, if he, can stay here, but we can't teach him. And so he's gonna end up, he watches the stuff from the shadows or from the side. He doesn't actually get involved in it other than just watching everything. But then that allows him to dig deeper into the the temple like the archives and stuff like that and so now he's just Mm -hmm. like you know what i'm going to become the thing that you're trying to get everyone not to be unbeknownst to anyone at that time but by them shunning him they basically signed off on their own downfall so as a the brotherhood basically died that day it's the start of the the beginning of the end as far as i could see
0: it allowed allowed him to skirt under the radar and he's also picked up by and taught unofficially by the lightsaber master and also githony yes. the former jedi padawan um who obviously has trained with the jedi and so has a much greater grasp of the force as a as an a, as an ally and a tool um up to that point and so they're both sort of training him without the other knowing, and Bane is very much like, I need to keep this going as long as I can, mm-hmm. and benefit as much as I can, but also he is devouring these texts and these scrolls and everything. He's just doing everything under the radar, keeping it all close to his chest, and it's it's a masterclass of secrecy, really. Mm-hmm. This whole section of the book mm-hmm. is so good.
1: And especially with him and Githany, who you just mentioned, it's like a double, triple, quadruple, quintuple cross where it's just like, I know you're you're planning against me, but I know you're planning against me, against, especially with the whole thing with like, he 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 doesn't get... The only time I think that he sort of gets like the wool pulled off from beneath him is the fact that she double poisons him. Not just the regular poisons, he double poisons. We'll get that to a second. Basically, so um, yeah, this whole thing is going and it's just he is becoming... More powerful, but no one's paying attention to him. I mm-hmm. think Cassim and Githany may because of what they could see him doing, and Githnii is basically using him for one reason only—to get rid of Serac, who she sees as his only obstacle. She doesn't even see Bane as an obstacle anymore because he's not part of this process. He's sort of just like the the guy that he knows, she knows, can help him get rid of the person that's going to allow her to rise to the top. Um he is pretty much at the same time looking at it going like, my God, this brotherhood of, of darkness is just so wrong. Everything about this is there. Like you had mentioned, James is that they just basically don't want anyone looking at the old ways of the Sith who have been around. And this is what the new path is. And he's just going, and no one's going to listen to him anyway, because as far as they're concerned, he's persona non grata there. He's just there. Why they even allowed him to stay around. It's just like, I don't know, maybe they just sort of like uh, keep your enemies close, or your allies close, too, because they don't want to end up shunning him off and knowing what he is. But in that sense, they're so pompous, too, as they realize, oh, he's nothing now. He's lost all this ability.
0: I think they actually um, said, like, you can stay, you can go. We don't care. You're, you're, you're done here. Um, and I think it's very much a test of you can either walk away, Um, and, and we will probably find you and kill you at some point. Um, or you can stay and prove your worth. And he very much goes down a very secretive form of, of the latter option.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, with him staying, that allows him one day to in class again, to call out Syrac, and he just beats the crap out of him. I mean, almost again, where he keeps from killing him, knowing that that was what what his downfall in my eyes. With Lucky Land Slots, you
2: can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
4: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time.
0: (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry.
1: so now this leads to a whole thing with it's like okay Cordis again is sort of just like okay why is he even why is, why is he even here? And so he's finding out more and more about it. So he's just like he keeps telling him, I want to go to the Valley of the Dead because that's an area on Corban. They're like that's already been wiped out. There's nothing there. Why do you care so much about this? And he's just like you know it's it's just something that I need to do. But in my mind too, is like, they just don't really give a crap about anything. And what happens? What, what does he do? What, what does he find when he goes there?
0: Nothing. There's, There's nothing, nothing there. No. Found some poisonous beetles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At one point. That's about it. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. He, he basically replays the Korriban level in Knights of the Old Republic, <laughs> except nothing's there. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> But
0: because got
1: it. But they also do realize too is outside the fact is that they know now that he is a formidable, quote unquote, ally in a sense. So Bane goes and he basically um, is going to feign acceptance of this new Sith. Like, okay, fine, I could, I'll. You proved me wrong. There's nothing out there. I'm going to be part of this brotherhood, and we'll go forward from there. Um. He f- learns about this is what was kind of cool too, is I always remembered it. I don't know if this was the first place I found it when they bring bring up the Ricotta, which um are these I always thought first when they were depicted they look like Mon Calamari with like gigantic heads, like cone heads. Mm-hmm. And it's like they had side stalk eyes, but they were the first people that enslaved people and used the dark side of the force. And he's just like, okay, I'm going to Oh, I think do we over uh, we skipped over the part where Githany sets up Bane for an ambush with Sirac after he gets uh like healed. But it's a it's one of those double triple crosses again. She knows that yeah. she's setting him up, but he's actually going to be the one that's going to save the day cuz she gives him the lightsaber. They end up killing Sirac and all all those Zebrac are dead. So, yep.
0: I like the fact that that was kind of and Bane admits it in the book, he, it's kind of luck that she picked up the lightsaber it wasn't part of her plan and he certainly wasn't part of his plan for her to follow him and he sort of ran out of the room and actually forgot his lightsaber that he was gifted by the lightsaber master mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, they shouldn't have lightsabers i think um the other the main um, is given one because he's the best student um, and they're starting to gear up to actually go to war but right. uh, it's. It, there are several instances, especially in the Bane and Githany relationship, where luck plays a huge part on Bane's side to keep him alive.
1: Oh yeah. And
0: so it's very much sort of he's now dealing in fate as well, and he starts to kind of believe a little bit that he. In my
3: experience, in, there's no such thing as luck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, he's he's very much destined for something bigger than the Brotherhood and he takes the title of darth as well doesn't he During
1: yeah this well period. He, he this is when he yeah he starts learning all this stuff and then they the title darth was very much a reflection of the old ways that they were trying to you know just get rid of so that's what he's just sort of like he's fed up he steals cortus's ship so he can go to lahan to go to the temple of the ancients which is where the Ricado. he finds out all about the rakaton and stuff like that and this was the main turning point, too, where he finds Revan's holocron. And it basically, so Darth Bane did, you know, create the rule of two, but it was all because pretty much like Revan told him to do it. Or the, the Revan's holocron was like, this is the way it should be. I'm not really sure. They don't really even explain it as much as that. It always seems like his Revan in, in this book seems to be very uh revered as a sith not, i don't say sith legend or stuff but i don't know if like darth bane even knew that like oh yeah do you know that like revan actually like turned back to the good side and then i mean what we covered in the novel but you only find out uh, up to a certain point that he like him and malik went and like tried to wipe everything out and mm-hmm. so
0: i think it was very i much- thought
3: it would oh sorry james
0: no, go on go on
3: i thought it was interesting the way revan you know, Revan's Avatar in the in the Holocron put it that only a fool trains more than one apprentice in the ways of the dark
1: side. Right. I mean it basically instills in him the whole the rule of two being one person to have the power, the other person to crave it and try and overthrow him the whole time. Yeah. In I a was, uh, sense that kind of makes kind of like, well, it's like the fish or the the snake eating itself type thing, but it also is like You know, your, your goal as a Sith, as a master is, well, you want to live forever, but you also want to train your apprentice well enough to kill you. So it's like, what do you want? I mean, either way you're going to win, but you're also going to lose, I guess. I don't know.
0: Yeah. And it's, um, I think, For Bane, I think it's actually kind of almost irrelevant of what happened with Revan, whether he succeeded or not, because he sees Revan just as a student of the Force, much like he is at that point in time. And so he's learning not necessarily about the Sith, but he's learning about the Darth side of things. And he's also learning about just lore within the Force and and the experiments and everything else that Revan gives him through that Mm -hmm. avatar.
1: And even some other stuff too, like we get to the thought bomb and uh, uh, the other stuff here in a second, but Githany goes and talks to, I don't know if it was Cordis about, she has a premonition that Bane is going to come and destroy the Sith on Rusan. So they want to try to wipe him out of the equation in the first place. So they send uh, Kasim to Lahan, who is, he is um, his the old lightsaber instructor. Not realizing, because for the most part, we see them fighting, and I think at one point, uh, Bane gets an upper hand on him in a fight, and that's about it. So it's like, if they ever get to a main fight, they make it seem like a scene is going to handle him easily. and yeah, no, Bane kills him. So, <laughs> again, cool, cool. obviously- <laughs> obviously we know that that's like the end result anyway, but it's sort of just right. like he's becoming so powerful and no one really recognizes this. Cause even at this point, the only one that really has followed everything along is, is Githany. And we don't know now too. The fact is that I think at this point now is that she is, because then they send, uh, they find out about that. So then they send um, her to go kill Bane too. I like the,
4: sorry, about Bane and Kasim, I really like their fight because it's very reminiscent of Darth Vader and Ahsoka and Rebels where he's like, you could do this with me if you want. You could be my second. You can be my number two. And Kasim, of course, is not going to do that. He's like, then you have to die.
0: (laughs) There is no middle ground. No. No. Join me (laughs) or perish. (laughs) It's almost as if the Sith deal in absolutes.
3: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Kasim also does. Kasim also does a, uh, a really cool thing here when he separates the two halves of his of his lightsaber. And he, you know, initially took Bane by surprise by doing that.
1: Yeah, He's, like, he's used to fighting them, practicing with it. Yeah, with it being mm-hmm. one side is always going to be equal to the other or the opposite. Oh, and yep. by the way, we didn't even think, what is Githany's weapon is he's got a force whip. Yeah, like oh, Much like, like light... uh Lumaya. Lumaya is it.
4: basically a dominatrix.
1: <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, cuz yeah. she's like unbelievably like every person that sees her like falls in love with her and <laughs> is unbelievably oh. beautiful and um, um
3: yeah, like we'll I like we... the way I like the way uh Karpishan drew or not drew uh wrote his uh description of her, you know, just the way cuz it it, uh, it put a certain picture in my head of, of exactly what she looked like. I mean, especially having known what Twi'leks looked like
2: mm-hmm.
3: uh, in, the, in the movies and TV shows. But it's just it was really cool the way he described her. It was very visual.
1: Yeah. Which he was like, we learned that he was really great at doing that. The thing was, is that, again, Githany poisons him. He knows what's going on. He's counteracting it. He's just not counteracting the second poison that's on her lips that is tasteless, odorless, whatever. And then when he just all of a sudden succumbs to it, he realizes right away what's going on with him, how he's being poisoned. And again, I think this is what James brought up too about there just being luck, that there's a, a healer guy that is in the area that knows how to fight this. Bane goes there ask the guy for help. He's like, nope, I don't get involved with your stuff. Realizes, oh, you got a daughter here? He's so a light
0: that- side user, isn't
1: he? He's, yeah. He's
0: force sensitive, but he's not mm-hmm. a Jedi. He's just a light side user.
1: Yeah, so Bane threatens his daughter. What's the guy's name? Caleb? Yeah, Caleb. He's a healer. Yeah. He's reluctant, but he goes and basically goes through all the process of it's not an easy thing, but he gets all the poison taken out of him. Not quite as bad as the ordeal that we are going to see in the next novel, I think. When he gets like the, uh, what do you want to call it, the the mollusk shells like attached yeah. to like you know that's the the easy way to describe it. But if you haven't read that yet, Haley, it's just uh, I haven't. Yeah, it's it sounds it's gross.
0: Good.
3: Yeah. yeah, let's not spoil anything for
0: Haley. <laughs> so, rule Rule of Two is my personal favorite of the trilogy. Yeah, really? we'll, we'll leave we'll leave it. Yeah, yeah.
3: Interesting. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: He decides he's gonna go to Rusan where everyone's at. This is the big battle. This is the third act. The Jedi are gonna fight the Sith. There's a big battle. This is because at the time, the Jedi's war against the Sith is it's going towards the Jedi side and the Brotherhood of Darkness don't know what's going on. He goes there, and I always love in scenes in movies when someone reveals who they are unbeknownst to them, or then like when they walk in and they're like he's alive. Like everyone, like get the the way that she describes, she was exactly like, she was really shocked that Bane survived both the poisons. She thought it might've been one, but not realizing. I think at that time she was probably just like, Oh crap. Okay. This is going to be a lot harder than I thought because he's still alive. Well, they're in this meeting and he is pretty much just like, uh, this I don't. How would you describe it, James? I mean, he's pretty much just going like putting everybody down, saying you're. I mean, this is when he tells, you know, Khan, stop acting like a war, like a, a, a soldier, and start acting like a Sith.
0: Yep, he basically goes around and calls out the entire Brotherhood and yes. the way that they're doing it, and he doesn't hold back because he is confident in his own presence in the Force <laughs> at that point in time, and he knows that. As I said earlier, he's he's destined for better things. He's destined to be the bane of the Brotherhood and the bane of the Jedi and, and really live up to his Sith name. And he's sort of taken the title of Darth. And he, yeah. he's like, this is what we're going to do. And if you follow this guy, you're all going to die.
1: Right. And he just basically instills in them, he goes, don't act like a war general and attack them. Act like a Sith and just destroy the forest they're in. Use this force storm and destroy everything, and so they do, and it's working great. But for some reason, Khan decides to end it early because he's losing his mind too. And they're just like
0: the the planet's doing something to him, isn't it? It's like that many force users is kind of driving him. I think he's using Sith battle techniques where he kind of mind melds everyone. Yeah, Yeah, it reminds me a lot of the
1: ways like they did. They did. They explain it in. In canon like in the High Republic And they used it a lot back in like Jaina Solo was good at it where one person Controls the It's almost like a drone thing where everyone else follows Like you get the lead you're not thinking Yourself you're sort of being controlled by someone else In what to do but you're doing It yourself so that could take a toll because there's Not only that Rusan is a very Force powerful planet but then you Also have all these light side and all these And you got the bouncers which Are force sensitive which are All over the place too and uh, the bounces are these big, like uh, bouncy things, bouncy, <laughs> hairy. I mean, I think I, 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 I have, I picture them almost to be like these giant, like tennis balls that are force sensitive and, you know, you can communicate with them via the force and stuff like that. So basically this is where the, uh, Oh yeah. So court for some reason, who's the headmaster of the, the Jedi school, the Jedi Academy, Goes and um, doesn't he start pleading with the, or like the jet? The, the, no, the Jedi don't capture him. Anyways, he gets in a fight with Bane. And Bane's kicking the crap out of him. And he's just like, give me the honorable death here. And he's like, why? No. <laughs> Kills it. Does he like decapitate him? Yeah. Like he just cuts his head off and he's like, no, you don't have no honor in way you're going to die here. So this is where. Bane starts using a lot of techniques to manipulate everything. Cause he had already um, given the idea of the thought bomb to uh, Khan. in order to pretty much what it does is just, it's, it, it's basically just like put all these force users together and basically like create a, this bubble and then explode and kill everything. in. So he's got this mental picture here. Well, at the time, Bane goes and tells the Sith blockade that's going up into space, like, call that blockade off. We need you guys down here whatever. And they're like, why are you going to do that? He's like, just listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. So that allows everyone to come onto the planet then. The the Jedi are able to break through the blockade. This is all falling into Bane's singular thought now of, okay, we got everyone here. We're just going to wipe everybody out. I can get rid of all the Jedi that are here, all of the uh, Sith that are here and I didn't write this down what was the name of oh of course the leader of the light side the jedi is general hoth you know just like <laughs> the snow planet oh. <laughs> and they pretty much they the, the the jedi and any of the main people in it are very much tertiary like third fourth level characters in here they only they don't really move the story along more for the fact that they're just there as like the adversaries of our main characters who are all bad guys in the same sense. But I do think the whole thing where, uh, well, I'll get to that in a second, but they can't con decides now. Cause he's going deeper into his madness that this they're, they're losing their upper hand. That's this, the Jedi are on the planet. They've got to get everyone. He's got to use the thought bomb. He has to do this and it's going to, they're willing to sacrifice themselves which doesn't make sense to me because of the Sith, but everyone's going to listen to Khan because he's the leader, even though he's not the leader. They gather into this cave because didn't they say that, that the Jedi were amassing in the cave. So the Sith went in there to look for them. And then the Sith find out that the Jedi were in the cave.
3: It was the the other way around. The Sith went into the cave and the Jedi uh, found out about it, realized that... um, Khan was up to something and only ended up sending a hundred Jedi just to limit their losses. If he was indeed up to something nefarious, which as we all know, he actually was
1: right. And unbeknownst to him that that was sort of just like, it wasn't part of the plan. It all stemmed from if Khan wasn't losing his mind from everything, this whole plan would not have worked none of it mm-hmm. would have because i don't think Luck. he would have done that because everyone followed all of the sith followed khan to do this thinking that because i think well who was it it was one of the sith it might have been uh kopets was who was like when they were doing the whole um like the whole chant and the whole ritual was like wait we're all gonna die <laughs> like wait yeah, what are he, we doing yeah. here
0: he nopes yeah. out pretty hard <laughs> yeah and
3: he just FO'd, you know he just,
1: <laughs> yeah so they're doing that and so the hoth decide he grabs a thousand or a hundred of his followers the people that like volunteers to come and fight them knowing that they may die that's the only part of this i was sort of just like really you would oh okay i mean i guess it's sort of just like to it to uh, you know the same way whereas i mean the sith were doing because they were following khan because they're morons but then they were mm-hmm. just realizing with the jedi were just like I don't, how are they going to, I mean, I think they were going in there attempting to try to stop because they didn't know to the full extent of what they were doing.
4: Well, because I think most of the Sith were down there. And so they thought, well, let's try and take them out if we can.
3: Yeah. And also Khan had uh, deluded himself into thinking that their combined will was strong enough for them to survive the thought bomb and it would only wipe out the Jedi and not themselves. Yeah. So it was, he was just sinking deeper and deeper into his delusions.
0: And the reason um, they weren't able to just, you know, take out the hill or mountain or whatever it is from, from orbit is the force storm ritual that they led, which actually causes the other dude to run off. um, Destroys the Jedi fleet because the Sith bomb um, blockade was moved. They were coming in. Um, nope. And the force storm ritual took out everything. So they had no orbital bombardment. Right. That's and they had no important. ground
1: forces left too, because they knocked him out there. So the people, yeah. the Jedi had to come and do it.
0: The actual army of light right. had to come themselves. And that's where the hundred who, I think, I think they volunteered, didn't they? Yeah.
1: They were all volunteers. So yeah. basically they're all in the cave in, in this hill. And only one that's sitting there, the, the way that they were describing Githany, like, Crawling through passages, it was almost reminding me of, in a sense, like she's like going through ductwork in a in a building trying to escape through that way. And it's like, oh, this is this isn't making it out. This and that. Baint basically like seals it off, and he's like, okay, you guys are dead. They set off a thought bomb, and boom, they're gone. Don't we find out later though that all of the, the every one of their essences are like still contained in that? You know, they don't mm-hmm. talk again. Spoilers if you don't. No, did they, I don't know if they mentioned it in the book. I don't remember, but I remember it from before. Is that I think it's all, in book three. Of, all of the people that die from this thought bomb are still sort of alive in the force in this like contained? Was oh, is it, it, it in the second book? It's just like they're they're still and they're they're suffering.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so, it's like they're screaming in agony. It's, um, yeah.
1: So, Bane basically does his part. He wipes out the Jedi. He wipes out the Sith, and that's it.
3: I, we... Actually, I have to correct myself. I think it, uh, after the thought bomb goes off, I think Bane goes back into the cave just to see what it was. And he, he actually touches the orb that's,
1: oh, is it, you know, is what it in, I think I'm
0: confusing. It's either either at the end of this book or the very beginning of it. I would say it's it's, it's in one of
1: the other books where they talk about the aftermath of that. But basically, that's just like, okay, that's the whole thing there. The epilogue is that they're starting to clean up and they're realizing that this thought bomb is making these bouncers go mad all over the planet or within the area. And so the army of light that are left are going and killing these bouncers because of them uh, wreaking habit. We find this girl rain who is force sensitive and her cousins were killed and stuff like that. And she befriends one of the bouncers, the, 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 um, generals or the, the Jedi army of light guys see this bouncer. They kill it. She gets pissed. She kills them with the force. And then Darth Bane witnesses at that. And that's where we get, Darth Santa, who is going to be his first apprentice.
0: I think he comes across her sort of huddled huddled in a ball, PTSDing over having killed them, and he puts kind of like the whole scene together, and he goes you're mine now. I'll <laughs> look after you kind of thing. I'll get you off the planet and you're
3: right, and Yeah. I'll
0: yeah. look after you. They
1: don't, yeah, because she's basically like, I have nothing here to stay for. They don't mention that that's, I mean, they leave it as she's reigned, but we find out that later on that's, that is his first apprentice who will see over the next two books grow and be, you know, more more powerful and more just his apprentice. And we'll see how they, they work with in the Sith, you know, aspect of that. So cool. It's so, a good book. Such
3: a good book. Yeah. it so was. I,
1: yeah. I want to defer to Haley on this because I think this was the first time that you had read this, right? Yes. So your, and your first impressions or your impressions after you got done with this, or even what you thought of while you were reading it, I mean, your enjoyment level, your just like anticipation was one of those things where, like, okay, I'll have one more chapter, but then you wanted to keep going with it because of how, I mean, it is very much like a, a, it's a page turner.
4: Yeah, I read it really quickly. Um, What I like about these dark side user stories that we have a lot more of in legends than in the Disney canon is how they make them the protagonists of the story. And so you get this quote villain going on these hero journeys. And it's really interesting because they don't do things the way we would normally see our heroes do. And that's something I found very compelling about Bane because he starts out as just a person and then he goes on this crazy journey and comes out really a lot more evil in the end, but more like self-actualized for him because he came from such a a crappy upbringing. And so um, I found him to be a really compelling character.
1: One thing we didn't bring up, too, and I totally didn't even think about this. I started looking in the um, the Wikipedia thing is here is that there's a lot of uh, correlation between this and say, like Anakin Skywalker, because Darth Bane ends up becoming what is called the Sithari. He is the chosen one of the Sith, the prophecy guide, sort of how like Anakin was the one, maybe he was created by Says He was the one that basically they thought during this book that uh, Sarek, the Sabrak, was going to be this because he was most powerful and this and that and the whole time he, it's always seems like the, it's the one that's on the person who they, they throw out there as like, this is the guy, this is the guy normally doesn't end up being the guy, but he ends up, you know, and again, with it being the Sith and rule two, after all is said and done, how do they keep, I, I would love for them to, uh, because obviously what we're doing right now in this podcast is going through a lot of the the stuff. And I think we're, pretty much hitting we hit Revan we're hitting Bane we have Plagueis there is a gigantic like 900 year gap of we don't know who the F is here mm-hmm. even in essential legends canon I mean it goes it goes Bane it goes Xana and then it goes all the way to Dar- what was it, Darth, Pl- Darth Plagueis master was Darth um
0: 10 of us. yeah
1: so that it was like (laughs) tenebris plagueis sidious okay so in that time there's a lot that they can cover because we don't know of anything that's going on in the high republic which i'm glad that they i i hope that they end up being like again because we know what the the uh my God, my brain is, is not working on the Sunday. What's the name of the bad guys in the High Republic? The uh Nile. Nile. Nihil, Nihil, yeah. Nihil. Is that they could be sort of because we see that in the phase two, which we will talk about on our next episode of uh the Sacred Jedi text, is that they have a Sith or a, a force connection, you know, with the open hand and the uh, the, the path of the open hand being anti jedi force users and the rose and those people being involved with it. I would see I'm glad that in the high republic that the Sith aren't blatantly the bad guys, but you've got to think that in that thousand year time where they sat in the shadows that they were being extreme puppet masters in a lot of ways while they were doing well, their own agenda.
0: That's what the acolytes going to explore, I think, is I can't see anyone who finds out about the Sith or or the dark side in the acolyte from the Jedi surviving because they can't unless that's where Yoda finds out about the rule of two. Yeah. It's yeah, that's a good <laughs> point.
1: Well, I think, yeah, even for like the time wise, it's still, I think the acolyte takes place well over a hundred years after the end of the high Republic. Cause the high Republic time is like two fifty whatever before like BB or ABY, or BBY and the acolyte it's is right like, at the,
0: it's right at the end. So you've got phase, one, which is and phase three, it's set in phase within f- phase three, so it's it's about hundred to one hundred and fifty years before Phantom Menace,
1: right? But the time frame, like it's like they even said that it's like it's at the end of the High Republic, but the High Republic could be around for three hundred years, for all we yeah, know. But there, I, there's still a gap there.
0: I don't think there's going to be that much outside of the time frame we're in because there is a character on the leaked trailer from Celebration last year, who is in some of the younger grade books, who also has a Light Whip. Um, So fun little connection to Path of Destruction there. Um, But also going one step back, what you're saying about the Sithari is that seems to be very much a claimed title because Sidious claimed he was the Sithari as well. Right. Um, So it's kind of, it's almost that delusion of grandeur title of, of, I am the Sith. I'm the Darth Master, Sith Master, all the rest of it. And I'm also the Sithari because why not?
1: I think Bane would be one to reject the title himself but actually be it because of what he did. Like, he wouldn't be the guy that's like, I'm the... Um, It's showing right now that the High Republic era technically right now runs from 500 BBY to 100 BBY. So it is a title. And right now, like, the stories are going around. Um, I think Phase 3 starts... Like two something, so I'm sure there's a lot more stuff that we'll get in there. It's just that that, that last phase, uh, from the end of phase three, there could be a huge time jump that we like don't even see any of the characters that we're seeing still in phase three uh, by the end of it because there could be like a a hundred year time period or something like that. Because if the I'm just stalling for time here while i open some windows up in my thing uh
3: <laughs> the here's a, i'll give you a, a good time killer here uh darth uh, tenebris uh otherwise known as rugas gnome was born according to legends uh born between 247 and 167 uh before the battle of yavin and died 67 before the Battle of Yavin. So that is smack dab in the middle of the, uh, the acolyte is smack dab in the middle of that. So you would say, okay, that's Legends. They could easily change that. But if you click, if you look at the canon information, uh, Tenebris was one of the uh, names of the Sith Trooper Legion of the Sith Eternal.
0: He's in there
1: somewhere. Um, <laughs> yep. So right now, like the, the most current books in Phase Three take place two twenty nine BBY, and the Acolyte takes place uh, one thirty two BBY. So that's almost a hundred years difference in time. But again, it, it's basically like the continuation of the story. We don't know exactly what the Acolyte's about, except for it could be Sith related. It could be Dark Side related. I mean, we know it's Dark Side related, but again. Like the nihil, those guys are dark side in a sense because we're finding out more about like the, in the thing like Mark Marcion Rowe has to have some kind of latent force powers. If he doesn't, it seems like kind of like he's way too powerful as itself. And we find out his family is sort of like it's always been connected to that anyway with the the whole path of the open hand and the the mother and stuff like that, which um, was a cool aspect of the second phase. Like again, which we'll be talking about. When's the plan for that, Haley? Two weeks. Two weeks, talking about phase two of the High Republic. So, and then after that, when we go back into the novels, we will be talking about The Rule of Two, which is the second book in the Bane trilogy, which is, like James said, his favorite of the three books. So, woohoo. Yep. And that'll be sometime in the near future. So, anyways, anyone else got any final things to say? No?
0: Uh, I have a special episode of my podcast coming out on the 7th of February to celebrate the first ever Star Wars related podcast. 25 years, I think this year came out in 1999. Nice. I literally stumbled across it on Twitter and I've joined, joined the group. So, um, yeah, keep an eye on, on my feed for, for that one. Um, and yeah,
1: it'll be good. What about your show?
0: Uh my, my show is the Star Wars Universe, you uh which focuses on fan interactions and what people are doing each month in Star Wars.
1: Cool. And that's on all the major platforms and everything.
0: It is. It is. It's out there. Anywhere you get podcasts, you should be able to find it. If you can't, look somewhere else.
4: And now <laughs> on YouTube, too. Sorry, what was that? On YouTube as well.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I have also um, started uploading them on YouTube, so they'll also be going there as well. So nice. Go, go there and give us a subscribe. It's Star Wars Universe Podcast.
1: You got anything to promote, Todd?
3: Uh, coming up in about a week and a half, I'm going to be a, doing a Q&A episode on Rebel Force Radio with
1: uh, Jimmy Mack. So that should be fun. Right. Talking to Jimmy is always fun. So uh, Haley, you don't do much podcasting these days, right? Nope. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Just here, there, and everywhere. <laughs> nope. Find me here mostly and other places on the network too.
1: Yeah. And on the feed here, um, we've got – actually, we got a new show, Time Me, Why Me Talk, a Doctor Who Sparkcast, which we're just entitling that because it sort of doesn't have to do with necessarily with literature. But there was a big gap of having Doctor Who stuff in the network so we decided to do it and that's myself and Haley and my wife Liz and our friend Karen Thomas who is from across the pond too so now we've got six people on our network here and two of them are British that was you know we're sorry about that but hey what can we do No, Hello kidding. there. <laughs> a regular
3: British invasion we've got going on over here on source pages.
1: Mm-hmm. I think Somewhat it's sort videos. of like, yeah, having a Brit on our doctor who podcast sort of legitimizes it a little bit because Karen, if she knows anything, it's holy cow. Does she know her, her doctor? She had, uh, uh when we get a chance, I'm going to drop some of the pictures she has of her notes that she had for the things. Mm-hmm. And it's like color coded and highlighted. And it's like, it's all behind the scenes stuff. And we're like, whoa. So, yep, that's on our feed. And um, this will be dropping soon. And we, what's our next regular show, Haley? We're covering no, – Oh, talk, the Echo. No. Yep. Talking Echo. And then we'll have something for Madam Web, maybe, if we decide to.
4: <laughs> yeah, I think I found something for us to read.
1: Okay. That movie that's,
4: looks terrible.
1: <laughs> you know what? It's one of those so you know We've got,
4: we got free time.
1: Yeah, I'm not even going to bring it up because I know in our group James mentioned that he went and saw Morbius the one night, and since he knows what my thoughts are on that, I'm not going to even bring it up because I don't even want to know. We've already no, talked no. too long about this. I'm so. only
0: halfway through, so no spoilers. It's on UK <laughs> Netflix.
1: Uh. Okay, <laughs> hey, it's Matt Smith was good in it. I thought I
0: was going to say I I love Matt Smith. Have loved him ever since Doctor Who. So um, I was, yeah, I I do enjoy him. So, so okay, I've, I've, it's not it's not been bad so
1: far. He was a great Duke that of that.
0: Edinburgh. Oh, he was. He yes. was my
4: favorite one.
1: Okay. In that sense, where, where can people reach out and get a hold of us, Haley?
4: You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and email us at sparkpodcast at gmail.com. Yep.
1: So, if that is all, um, I guess until you guys hear from us again, remember two things. Be excellent to each other and never judge a book by its movie.
4: Love you, 300.
1: Goodbye
0: there. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye there. Perfect.
4: (laughs) Thank you for listening to Source Pages, a reading collective, a proud member of the Stranded Panda Network. If you would like to contact us, you can email sparkpodcast at gmail.com. That's spark with a C, or follow us on Twitter at Source Pages Cast. For this and other great shows, you can visit StrandedPanda.com or join the great community that is the Stranded Panda Chat Facebook group at Facebook.com slash groups slash And remember, let reading spark your imagination. Hello there.
3: Welcome back, my fellow gloom walkers. I am Todd Sud and with me are my follow... Oh, let me take that again.
1: <laughs> Hello there. But anyways, that's yeah. what we'll be talking about in our next episode of the Sacred Jedi text. So, Yes. <laughs> okay, thanks for listening. Goodbye. <laughs> I could just edit a lot of that stuff out, too. So. <laughs> I just think you're going to convince me. You know, I,
3: I think that's the first time I ever saw Haley give the wrap-it-up signal.
4: <laughs> like we've been here for an hour and a half.
1: <laughs> so...
4: Okay, well, so, so uh, General uh, Kenobi. <laughs> 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 we don't have playoff music. We have General Kenobi.
2: Hello there.